God loves you. He really loves you. And he wanted to reveal himself so we could know him. And together we could help the world. And so that is why we have the Bible. The Bible is his word to us. But so many people don't understand it. Or they've just been told the wrong things about it. So many things affect the way we interpret the Bible, look at the Bible, or think about the Bible. And you know what? Too often we become bored with the Bible. So this is a podcast to hopefully refresh our relationship with the Bible and in turn refresh our relationship with God. My name's Ken and I'm your guide on this refresh journey. And my prayer and hope is that it would be a fruitful one for both you and me. So welcome to my podcast. Let's dive in. Hello guys, the red letters continue here. What are red letters? That's when Jesus speaks. Some Bibles put them in red letters. And so it's kind of an old mantra that's used for all these times about talking about red letters. And we've had a lot of red letters. Like when we look at what yesterday's, chapter 24 is almost all red letters. Chapter 23 is almost all red letters. And guess what? Chapter 25 is all red letters. Like, not mostly. Not like the other two chapters where it was like 90 or 99%. This is 100% red letters. Now, we uh, just ended chapter 24, and it was talking about the end times, and no one knows when Jesus will return. And also, we're getting close to the cross, and so Jesus is getting close to knowing his sacrifice he's going to make. Uh, He's been setting up this crazy heated battle between him and the uh, leadership of both the temple and the Jewish state. And he's continuing that to prepare his uh, disciples to take over for him. He's he's continuing to kindle the fire of the religious leaders because he needs them to get so angry that they're going to kill him. And so there's different things going on. And we're getting close to the end of his life. And so anything he's teaching at this point, we have to ask, you know, why this at this point? You know, it's, it's kind of near the end. Why this now? So with that said, once again, I'm in an English Standard Version, the ESV. And we're going to pick up on Jesus continuing to speak. So verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. After the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So that's how we ended chapter 24, as he's talking about the return, 
when he returns, the end days, the sorting period between the wheat and the weeds, that whole sorting thing. Here we have another element of two camps, the wise and the unwise, those with oil, those without oil, those who get in and those who are left out. So there's definitely this mantra that keeps coming up, this, this same theme, the same idea. And what Jesus is doing right now is he's teaching those around him what he just finished teaching 24. It's the same message, which is don't miss my return. Don't relax. Don't forget about me. He goes, remain ready. Remain prepared. What I also find interesting is paradise or the new earth or the kingdom of God or whatever you want to talk about, heaven here, is once again compared to a wedding feast. Remember, there's another parable where the people who were invited didn't want to come. And so Jesus says, well, forget them and go find a new people to come to the wedding. So there's this idea once again that Jesus is inviting us to the wedding. Those of us who respond to the invitation are in. Those who reject it remain out. In this case, we are all part of the wedding feast, but those who were prepared are in and those who did not prepare or fell asleep missed out. So it's kind of a different warning, same scene in a way, but sort of a different warning and it's more about be ready. And that's very similar to what he had just been talking about. Okay, so let's continue on here. Verse 14, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. And it, when he says for it will be like, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven because that's how we started chapter 4. 25, then the kingdom of heaven will be like. Generally, most, a lot of his parables are describing the kingdom of heaven. They're basically huge similes of what the kingdom of heaven life so is like. So, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Talents are money, by the way. So he gave one guy, one of his servants, five money, one guy, two money, and one guy, one money. And he did this based on their skill level or their talents or their abilities. So the guy who had the most ability, he gave the most to and so on and so forth. Um, so he did all this, then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents, here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he, who, and he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. 
You knew that I reap where I have not sowed, and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so here we have a comparison of three people. Once again, there's this sorting, there's different people. And the master gives, entrusts to them his money. He gives one guy five, you know, bills, another guy two bills, another guy one bill. And he's not giving them the money. It's not like, here, this is yours. He's, he's entrusting to them his money to manage while he's gone. And the first two guys, they double what he, what's entrusted to them. They use the money to double it. So they increase the kingdom. They grow the kingdom, his kingdom, right? So he's got this land and this estate, and they grow his estate, like, greatly. And they grow it by using what was entrusted to them to go and multiply it. So there's this idea of multiplication. We know that the kingdom of God is expanded, is is primarily planned to expand and is expanded by multiplication. We know that we are entrusted with the power of God, with the kingdom of God, with the resources of God. And we are to use those resources to expand his estate, to expand his kingdom, and to multiply ourselves and to multiply what he gives us. When it talks about differing abilities, and one guy has five and one guy has two, really what is being talked about here is that not everyone in the kingdom or in the church or whatever um, is made the same. Somebody may have the ability or the skill set or the calling to um, take on a lot more. So you might have a, a Billy Graham type guy who has huge ministries um, and other people maybe have been given less to work with. The point isn't, the two wasn't held to the same standard as the five. The five multiplied five, the two multiplied two. So that person with a ton of gifts who uses his gifts to multiply himself or herself versus the person with less gifts who, who multiplies what they are what they have, They both are told the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant, into the rest of your master. So they both have the exact same response. You've been faithful with little, you will be entrusted with much. They have the same result, they have the same reward, and they have the same entrustment of greater resources. So it's not that, hey, the guy with five made five, the guy with two only made two, give the guy with five more. It's both of them multiplied themselves. Both of them multiplied what they were given with, what they were given so what they're entrusted with, and as a result, the master is pleased, they get the joy of the master, and they are entrusted with more. The one difference is, the last guy who was just given one talent, who then goes and buries it, right? because he says, oh, he's scared of his, his master. He, he sees his master not as someone who wants to give joy or rewards or rest to, he sees his master as someone to fear because his master will punish him or will do something. So he has a a wrong view of his master. Because as we see the first two, they go and take these risks and they do it and they bring back and the master's thrilled. 
The fact that the master even entrusts his, his money to his servants while he's away on trips shows that he's not a, you know, he's not trying to trap them. And so one of the things that, that Jesus, I think, is making a point here that's more subtle is that, listen, when you have a wrong view of the master, then that will work against you. In other words, this guy, he saw the master as a big judge, as a hard man, as someone who was going to beat him up or, you know, take action against him. Whereas the first two saw their master as a good master who wanted to bless them and give them a chance. So a lot of ways what happens is our, our view of God really determines how we react to God. And if we view God as a loving master who gives us grace and rest and joy and wants us to just go out there and try, then we will. We'll multiply his kingdom. And we also are in relationship with the actual God of the universe. However, there are people who maybe view God poorly. And then the question is, do they even have a relationship with the real God then? So this this last guy, you know, out of fear... Right? He has no faith. Out of fear, he buries the, the one talent. He doesn't want it to get stolen. He doesn't want to screw up or whatever. And the master says, why don't you at least get interest on it? Like, what's wrong with you? Right? So he takes the one talent, gives it to the guy with ten. So that's the one differentiation between the five and the two. Remember, everything else is the same. Everything, every response is the same. Every reward is the same. The one difference is the guy with one who blows it, it goes to the guy who's been doing the best. So God wants to exponentially increase our influence in a way. It's, 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 it's interesting. But then he ends with this, with this similar language of cast him out, cast the worthless servant, the similar language we've had before, into the outer darkness in that place where, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So that we we've heard casting out to where there'll be, you know, fire and all this other stuff, but there's a similar weeping, gnashing of teeth, darkness. This is obviously what most people talk about as being, you know, he's referring to hell. In the Jewish audience, now Matthew was Matthew was writing to a Jewish audience, Jesus is speaking to a Jewish audience. They didn't have this idea of heaven and hell. They had this idea of Sheol, which was kind of a dark formless place. It was kind of a holding tank. It wasn't necessarily a good place. It wasn't a horrible place, but it wasn't necessarily a good place. So there's this idea of, you know, kind of shield being the outer darkness, but Jesus is making it a place where, you know, there's consternation. There's that grinding of teeth. There's the weeping. It's it's not a place you want to go. Um, and he compares that to say the wedding feast or, you know, the, the, the state or the land. So once again, there's that sorting happening. So you see Jesus is just re-upping these same themes over and over. And yet, somehow his closest disciples still don't fully get it all. All right, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, 
Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when we did... We see you hung Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. So here we have once again the sorting idea, the sheep and the goats, and it's at the time when Jesus returns. And it says, at this time, you know, the angels will return with him and he will, you know, separate everybody and judge everybody and all this stuff. And so he'll look at the sheep. He'll look at those who are in the kingdom and he'll say, you know, you are blessed. You inherit the kingdom because you did all these things. And they're like, when did we do, do this to you? Like, we didn't feed you or whatever. And Jesus says, not me literally, but those who are my children. Anybody, any other human that you did this to, those in need, the poor, the lacking, the imprisoned, the hurting, anybody you take care of, when you do so, you're taking care of me. So that's a crazy statement. Okay, verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Okay, so then Jesus looks to the goats and he says, You will go, you know, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay, so that's interesting. So here, it's not the outer darkness anymore. Now it's the eternal fire prepared for Satan and his angels. We know from other parts of scripture and church history that, that, and it's not spelled out, honestly, in the Bible. It's not like super spelled out like this happened. There's some references and some things you can do. So it, it appears what happened was there was rebellion in heaven before the creation of the earth and humans. And the, the, the most glorious of all the angels, you know, Lucifer, um, he wants to be equal with God. He rebels against God. And so God kicks him out of heaven. And a third of the angels sided with Lucifer. And so they are swept down with him. So that is how we have Satan and the demons. Demons are actually angels who are now separated out of the presence of God and are now following their lead, lead angel, Lucifer, who is Satan. And we know that Satan and the demons roam the earth free, but when Jesus returns, they will finally be cast down into, into hell, basically, into their holding place of fire and punishment. And here we see Jesus clearly saying that the goats, those who are not in the kingdom, will also be cast into this fire with Satan and his angels. And it's also interesting because he, he talks about it's eternal. And these will go into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So here we have the sorting again. We have this thing. Jesus makes clear to both camps that 
you are being judged by how you treated the least of these in on the earth. So how we treat our fellow humans, how we treat the poor, how we treat uh, the destitute, how we treat the sick, how we treat people is really a huge part of whether we're sheep or goats. So it's, at this point, it's not like the wedding feast where those who accepted the invitation are in and those who didn't accept the invitation aren't in. Jesus then transitions to saying, look, how you treat one another, how you love other humans is a huge factor in this sorting deal in the end. And those who treat the least of these well, those who take care of other people, they are taking care of me and they will be blessed. And those who aren't taking care of other people are not taking care of me and they will be cursed. The other thing that I find very interesting is this idea of, of fire, which is, once again, very in line with our Dante's Inferno picture of hell. Uh, and then this idea of eternal punishment versus eternal life. I just don't know how all this talk of you know, hell's not being real or eternal punishment not being eternal or all this stuff, because Jesus just said that. He just said it. It was out of Jesus' mouth. I don't like it as much as you do. I mean, nobody likes it. Jesus doesn't like it. I mean, Jesus, to avoid anybody from doing that, goes through the worst punishment and sacrifice, which we'll see in a, in a minute here, in a couple of days. But, um, but yeah, that, you know, Jesus is just giving warnings, right? He's, he's saying, when I come back, and, and he's not saying right now, sheep and goats. He's saying, when I come back, this will happen. And he's just giving people a chance. He's saying, I want you to be sheep. I don't want you to be goats. I want you to join me in eternal life. I don't want you to be in eternal punishment. Right? I want you to be blessed. I want you to enter into my joy and my rest. I don't want you to be put in the outer darkness. Jesus is not saying this uh, because he likes it or because he's just saying, look, this is what's going to happen. And he's warning us. He's warning people because he doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to miss out on the wedding feast. So it's hard stuff. It's hard words. It's, it's a hard reality. Nobody likes the fact that, that there's eternal punishment for those who reject Christ or his kingdom. But Jesus doesn't want us to be fooled. He doesn't want to lie to us. He doesn't want us to be caught by surprise and think we're good and at the end, at the end we're not. That would be way worse. And so a very unloving thing to do would be to lie to us. And say that this punishment that is coming is, is not really there. So relax. Don't worry about it. I mean, that is, a, that is a horrible thing to say to someone if indeed that punishment is coming. You want to warn somebody. If, if, if some danger is coming and you don't warn them and so they, they end up dying from the danger, that was not loving to them. That was actually hating them. That was indifference. That was, you, you cost them their lives. A loving thing to do would be to warn them, hey, this danger is coming. And that's what Jesus is doing. He loves you. He loves people. He loves us. And he doesn't want us to perish. So Jesus is is definitely saying he knows he's leaving soon. And the last thing he wants is to prepare them for his return. He knows that there's going to be this time between when he leaves and when he returns where people have choices to make and he wants people to make the right choices. He wants sheep, not goats. He wants us to have eternal life and rest with him. He wants us in the wedding feast. So hopefully we can heed Jesus' words well 
and figure them out and treat each other and take care of those who are sick and dying and in need. And that's a big difference right there between the sheep and the goats, how we treat each other. So let's treat each other well. Hope you enjoyed this. We are getting close to the end of Matthew. And I will talk to you tomorrow with the next chapter, chapter 25. Or did we just do 25? What did we just do? We just did 25. Chapter 26. Chapter 26 is a big shift. And we will see Jesus walking to the cross and making the ultimate sacrifice so that we can be sheep. And so we don't have to be goats. And it's going to be a beautiful thing.